0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Base Hip Ball 4 podcast. My name is Glenn Dinius, alongside Alex Cashman and Scott Roswald. Tyler is sick and not with us, so hopefully he feels better. Hopefully he doesn't have COVID-19, and hopefully he'll be back with us next week, and he'll also be back on the other podcasts that he does with Caprack and Caps on. He He's a busy guy. He does it all, but... It's it's a sad it's sad that he had to miss this show because this is probably the last 7 days have been the most active major league baseball has been in terms of offseason acquisitions and players going getting traded, signing somewhere else. So we finally have a big platter of things to talk about. The biggest story in terms of player transaction is last night, George Springer leaves the Houston Astros to go to the Toronto Blue Jays. Six years, $150 million. The Blue Jays wanted someone desperately the entire offseason, a big guy to add to that lineup. They tried for LeMahieu and they missed. They tried for Lindor and they missed. And they finally brought in George Springer. There were some rumors, and actually it was reported that they also got Michael Brantley, but those were premature. He decided to go back to the Houston Astros at two years and $32 million. So get right into the Springer thing. This is probably going to be the most expensive contract that a position player will get Maybe maybe that's not true. Maybe room. is going to get more money. Maybe he'll hit $200 million and we'll see what Bauer gets. But to, to date right now, Springer is the richest free agent off the board. So what are, what are our thoughts on this? The blue Jays, they add to their center fielder. And you would have to think they leapfrog the Rays in terms of who's going to challenge the Yankees in the American league East this year.
1: Yeah. uh, Great signing by Toronto. George Springer is a a great player. Uh, I I think you hit it right. The first time saying he is going to be the highest paid position player out of this free agent class. I don't think Ray Muto will beat his contract. Um, but but Springer's a great piece to throw into that middle of that or top of that lineup, I guess, because he's he's been a productive leadoff hitter uh throughout his career. A good veteran guy for all those young players in Toronto. Uh I, I like the signing for them. And I, I think it's gonna be huge. And it, it does make the, the Blue Jays a big time threat in the AL East versus the Yankees in the race.
2: Does it make him a big time threat or just a threat?
1: I think it makes him a big time threat. I think their lineup is is good enough to carry them even though their their pitching depth lacks a bit. I think he adds enough just as a as a leader. I know we've made fun of the clubhouse guy thing in in the past, but he, he has the potential to be that as a a guy who's been in the postseason a lot to to lead that young Blue Jays team.
0: Their opening day lineup, I have it right mm. in front of me. Somebody speculating on Twitter. I think it's a B- Blue Jays beat writer. It's Biggio, Springer, Bichette, Bichette Vlad Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Gurriel Jr., Grichuk, Teles, and Jansen. That's a that's a pretty that's a pretty deep lineup. Now, if we can go player by player, compare them to who the Yankees have, Biggio is second base, I believe. Yes. So, Biggio or LeMahieu, you're going to go Lemayo. Springer or Hicks, you're probably going to go Springer. Bichette at shortstop, Glaber, or Glaber. I guess I think defensively, pretty, I'm going Bichette.
1: They're pretty even. I they're think. pretty
0: even. Would you give the upper hand to Bichette defensively?
2: Absolutely. Yes.
0: Vlad Jr. and Gio?
1: Probably Gio, but Vlad's got obviously the bigger upside. Yeah, I mean, Vlad Jr. could go
2: off uh, and he have lost an MVP a lot season of weight this, year, this, and then this that's offseason. It. What was he that, lo- Cash? He lost a lot of weight this offseason. He, he looks did, very look, good. He, do,
0: he does look very good. Um, Teoscar Hernandez, he'll probably be DH, right? He might
1: play one of the corner outfield spots. Corner but he outfield. could DH as well. So if you put him
0: in left, then you're going with him against Frazier. He'll probably win that. Gurriel Jr.
2: Hold on. Who will win that?
1: Um Teoscar Hernandez probably. No,
2: They're pretty oh. even as well, I'd no. say. I mean, Clint Clint won. Clint's better. Last year.
1: Yeah, Clint's a better defender, but their bats are pretty even. Okay.
2: I don't know. That's I, fair. I, I, I'll, I'll take... I'm going to speculate and I'll put it out there right now. I'm going to have Clint hitting 275 with 33 home runs and 111 RBIs.
0: Okay. It's really interesting to see and we'll get back to the Blue Jays in a second, but this is just where the conversation was going. It's going to be really interesting to see Clint Frazier finally get a full season assuming as he saves
2: as soon as, assuming he stays healthy. Assuming
0: he stays healthy. Yes, you got to make that assumption or put that asterisk really on anyone on the Yankees roster the last couple of years that we've seen, but you know, MLB network had their top 10 uh, left fielder ranking yesterday. And I sent to you guys, I sent you guys this in the group chat yesterday. They had Clint Frazier at nine and Clint Frazier at nine was surprising to me. Not because Clint Frazier's is not talented. He obviously is. And he's obviously a guy that could really put up damage um, on the big league level offensively. And his defense has taken a mile step forward over the last few seasons than he did in the 60 game season this year. But this is a guy that's just been up and down from major league baseball to Triple A for the last seemingly four years since the Yankees acquired him. So to have him at nine really shows that shows what people think he projects to be. And that is a very solid big league outfielder.
2: Well, see, that's the problem I have with the Yankees right now. And, and, what I'm about to say is kind of off brand of myself um because I'm a huge Brett Gardner fan but I think that Brian Cashman rode Brett Gardner a little too long here. I think that um and like he still put together quality at bats, he still uh came up big, but if if the Yankees thought that Clint Frazier could be a top 10 left fielder, why are they running Gardner out there?
0: I think that up until 2020, they just had a lot of questions about his defense, and I felt like they probably thought as an organization that the upside of his offense so I'm wasn't argue, worth I'm what he was defensively that. at the time.
2: I'm going to argue with that. Okay, go ahead. Because when Barry Bonds was still in the league, he was the best hitter in baseball, and he couldn't play defense to save his life. Towards the end of his career, he was slow. He didn't have a great arm, um, and he was still getting paid. And he didn't leave the Giants. The Giants didn't say, hey, we, we're not going to take you because you didn't play defense. My point in saying this is that offense carries more weight. And if you if you think that Clint Frazier has the potential to do what he did do last year and can do going forward, why Brett Gardner was playing so much is, to me, I, I, I have a hard time with that.
0: I I, I understand. I mean, Gardner in 2019 did have a career high in home runs with 27 and still played a really good caliber defensive left field. But you saw in 2020 that he just lost a step and he doesn't have the same offensive, I guess, pedigree or potential. And I'm not saying that the Yankees
2: shouldn't have brought him back because he is – as Scott was going with the clubhouse guy, he's a great clubhouse guy. Yeah. And they but, and they
0: still might bring him back this year. And
2: I hope they do, but I don't think he should come in expecting to be a starter. No,
0: I don't think he'll come in as a starter. I hope he's
2: the fourth I think, outfielder. I think
0: Gardner knows that he would be more of a bench player at this point.
2: Which is fine, and that's what should have happened the last couple years. But to me, I have a hard time with – I may, I'm, maybe I shouldn't be blaming Brian Cashman. I should be bringing, blaming Aaron Boone for running Gardner out there every day instead of Clint Frazier – it's hard to, it's a hard pull to swallow. You just delayed this guy's um, development a year, two years, three years. I mean, to me, if the Yankees really thought highly of this guy, meaning Frazier, he would have been in the lineup already before the 2020 season. So I'm not sure what they think, but MLB obviously thinks highly of him.
0: Um, I, I'm going to push back on your Barry Bonds comp for just because of this, because Barry Bonds was obviously an established veteran with the Giants. He was an all time great hitting home runs all time home run That's hitters fair. and I'll bring Scott into this. I feel like the Yankees just wanted to, I guess they just wanted to be patient with him, have him learn how to play the outfield on the big league level and not rush him into being a starter full time. This guy's still very young at 26, 25, 26 years old that I feel like with Gardner gave them production wise over the last few years. It was worth keeping Frazier down until he was absolutely ready.
1: Yeah, Brett Gardner earned that spot, and I think there's just a, a spot of you know comfortability amongst the organization to have him out there. And you're right, D- Clint Frazier stunk defensively until last year, and most of his defensive production did come in right field when Judge was out. But you're that's going to play in left field as well this year. Uh, he's earned that spot. Um, and another thing, just I, I thought your Barry Bonds comp was a little far of a stretch. I, I could I could see where you're going, but Bonds was also playing in the NL where he had to play the outfield. They weren't going to take him out of the, the lineup. Like they didn't they couldn't hide him at the DH spot. Um, but yeah, Clint Frazier is that guy. In he's that third outfielder in New York now. He he's earned that spot. I was really impressed with him last year. I, I've been a little bit of a skeptic of him amongst us. Just because I knew that defense was was lacking, but now that he showed that and he won a gold glove, like that, that speaks volumes and he's ready to go and he's ready to be an important piece to that lineup. And he should be right there in the middle of the lineup every single day for the Yankees this upcoming season.
0: I think I think it's really funny that you know he's put made himself from someone who is a liability defensively into someone who's now won a gold glove. He'll be moving to a much more difficult position, especially in Yankee Stadium. Left field is very big out there, so we'll see how he does there. But he's still in these, I guess, trade conversations for a starting pitcher. So you always have to hold your breath if this is a guy that's going to be there. I, comes I don't think he's going anywhere. And Luis Castillo rumors, he was a name that was popped up. He had a Wolf of Wall Street tweet when it was announced that the Yankees and Reds were not going to make a deal at this point. But really interesting to see what Clint Frazier will do for the Yankees moving forward into 2021 and has, and now that he's going to really start his career per se as a, you know, established starter in the big league. So obviously there's all-star potential with him, but with really anyone on the Yankees, it's more of a wait and see and hopefully stay healthy kind of situation Um, to broaden this conversation out into the AL East as a whole. We just, we started the show talking about the Blue Jays. We're going to keep talking about them. Yankees, Blue Jays, very similar teams in terms of they have these high powered offense. They're going to score a lot of runs and they have two uh, aces in Cole and Ryu. Ryu could be, Ryu's, I would consider an ace. I wouldn't consider him a upper echelon, you know, dominant lights out ace, but he's what the Blue Jays have as an ace. And then after that, with both the Yankees and Jays, a lot to be left desired now the Yankees did sign Corey Kluber this last week they also finally re-signed DJ LeMahieu so what are our thoughts I feel like whoever makes the next move for the starting pitcher is going to I guess be the preseason favorite for the American League East I think it's that close
2: um Oh, go ahead, Scott.
1: I, I I agree, Glenn. They're definitely both teams are a starter away, whether it's a, a free agent signing or a go out and make a trade. Um you meant Ryu's definitely a top of the line starter. He's had three good years in a row here, uh, two with the Dodgers in the last year, his first year with Toronto. But I don't trust anybody else behind that. So they, they do need a starter. I'd give the Yankees just the pitching edge overall, so I I'd still have them as the favorite. I think in the, the Yankees'
0: ceiling is higher than the ceiling yes. for the Blue Jays' rotation because yes. Cole's obviously better than Ryu, and then whoever the Blue Jays have, it doesn't compare to if the Yankees hit on Kluber and if they hit on Severino and if Herman comes back and he pitches well like he did in 2019, 2018, then you can say that the Yankees definitely have the advantage in terms of starting rotation. But until you see it, you don't really know.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the guys behind Ryu right now are Tanner Roark, Taiwan Walker, Robbie Ray. Um, that's, like, those are the three main behind him. Matt Shoemaker, they have a young guy in Nate Pearson who throws really hard who came up last year, but I just feel like the Yankees have more established guys, and I do think Kluber is going to be a guy that bounces back. It's going to be huge getting Severino back for the Yankees. We, we all know what he's capable of um, yeah I, it's whoever whoever does the next thing and the Yankees still have helps. the better bullpen in my opinion even with Kirby Yates going to San
0: going from yes. San Diego to Toronto I still think the Yankees have the edge in the bullpen
1: yeah I would agree cash you were gonna hop in
2: uh, yeah yeah um, you know kind of I don't agree I think that realistically the Yankees are favored to win the AL East, obviously. I mean, it's one, it's the Yankees, and two, what the few moves they made this offseason were important. Uh however, I think that the Yankees um have all the pressure on them. I mean, at this point, you know, they've this has been their year since 2017. Um and the Blue Jays now are playing are playing free baseball at this point. I mean they weren't – this was a quick turnaround for them. I feel like the last good the last good team they had was when Jose Bautista had the bat flip, which was a few years back, and everyone said, well, it's going to be a while till they're back now. They kind of broke down the team. But this was a quick turnaround for them. They're maybe a couple starting pitchers away from being a World Series contender. Um, with that being said, I still think that they're the, the team that's going to be playing fun baseball. Um, listen – I love the Yankees, obviously, and I always will. But the Yankees don't play a brand of fun baseball. They play a very boring brand of baseball. And I think that that's not the way that the league is going right now. You know, you will look at the teams that are about to take off are the Padres. They play fun. The Dodgers, um, who are traditionally similar to the Yankees, but they weren't last year. And when I say fun, I mean – I I don't know. Can you, does anyone understand what I'm saying? Like not home run or
0: strikeout? No, but
1: like there's an energy. There's
2: energy. Like, you know, Yankee stadium has an energy because it's the Bronx zoo, you know? And and it's because they have, we have the most loyal fans in the world, but it's not fun baseball. I mean, you know, when Aaron judge goes deep in the third inning, great. That's fun. That's exciting. But he's going to go one for four with three strikeouts. To me, that's a problem. And I don't understand how I feel like I'm the only one in the world that sees it. And when I said last year and I said it a 100 times that home runs won't win you World Series, you know, I got attacked in our group chat because, you know, all the home runs that were hit. And I get that, but that's not my point. Like the Yankees either hit a home run or they strike out. They don't hit well with runners in scoring position. They don't hit well getting a guy from first to third. They don't bunt. They don't hit do situational hitting. It's they literally have to hit nine home runs a game to win. And that's an issue because in the playoffs, especially, you're going against the team's best available pitcher at in that inning every time, every inning. You don't get a break. Right. And the reason I I feel like
0: 90% of the leagues that way, though.
2: Right. No, 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 no. What are you saying? I (laughs) said a lot of teams play that way. Okay. But Look at the teams that have won. The Dodgers are high average. They don't just hit home runs. The Padres had a great year, like I said. The Rays, they hit a lot of home runs, but they also don't strike out as much. And that, to me, that's a problem. You put the ball in play, you make the defense make a play, and anything can happen. You know, not necessarily an error every time because we're playing big league baseball, but, you know, just you make guys put, a snake. Yeah, make what?
1: You make the guys think out
2: there. Yeah. I mean, it's a this is a thinking game, but you don't make the opponent think when you hit a home run. It's wow, now I gotta go up there and hit a home run to match that. Or we gotta just score some runs. Or I mean, I don't know. I I know I'm a little gone on a little rant here, but I'm just I'm tired of the way baseball is being played. Um, I think it's boring. I do. And and I love the game of baseball, but I think watching baseball has become boring because you're sitting there waiting for these guys to hit a home run for nine innings. And yeah, it's great when they do. It really is. And over 162 games, it's going to work because you're not going against the best bullpen pitcher at that time. You could be going against the end of their bullpen. You know, a team could be exhausted. A team could be, you know, their starter could be hurt. You're, you're, you're playing against, you know, the guy who's supposed to be in triple a right now. So over 162 games, this works. But in the playoffs, in this shortened playoffs, it doesn't work. And I'm really tired of it. And I feel like I'm the only one that sees it. And and it drives me up a wall. It really does. Yankees were
0: 14th in batting average. So, the middle of the pack, 247 batting average. Uh, first was the Mets at 272. Dodgers were 11th at give me a second, 256.
2: Right, what about um, in the
0: playoffs? Let me find strikeouts. The Tampa Bay Rays actually led all of baseball in strikeouts with 608. The Yankees were 23rd with 480 strikeouts. So they're not striking out as much as they seem. Of course, because, because you have Judge and Stanton, and they're all-or-nothing kind of guys. And you can put Voight in that conversation. They It seems like they strike out a lot. The Dodgers were 27th in strikeouts, 471. The last in the league was the Astros, 440. Um, But yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. I mean, you definitely want a more fun brand of baseball. You want – and I feel like this is not just about the Yankees, but just the game in general. No, it's not
2: about the Yankees because – so it, it goes on it, – it goes into the whole make baseball fun again thing. And, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. was one of the best – most exciting players to watch last year. He was the best shortstop in baseball, in my opinion, last season. And – um you know, he let's not forget he got ostracized for hitting a home run with his team up five runs. That made like do baseball do 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 managers not want people to watch the game? Does MLB enjoy low viewership? I'm serious. I, I'm not trying to be funny.
1: No, it's just that there's so many old-school people still in the game. There hasn't been that, like, turnover into the new age. There's just still so many old-time people
2: still involved. So here's my argument. Either change with the times or get out. Because you are literally losing viewers by the day. Like, I am – I. It's pretty known around, you know, my friend group, you guys, you know, my family. I'm obsessed with the game of baseball. And I'm losing interest in Major League Baseball by the day. And there were time, to- and I'm going to be honest with you guys, there were times last season where I did not even want to get on this podcast because I don't want to talk about baseball. I don't want to talk about Major League Baseball. To me, it's not enjoyable because these guys are giving it their all. And if you show any emotion, you get thrown at. You get thrown at. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, I, no, and it, if I'm wrong, you could let me know.
1: No, and that's, that's the old school baseball that I was talking about. But then you also have the experience of being in independent league baseball where it has to be, there needs to be more creativity and more fun to, you're absolutely you know, right, to generate yeah. that. So you, you see both sides of what, and like independent league baseball, like I don't think major league baseball can go all the way that direction. Like, no, I don't and know. I'm not, I don't know if you watched that video of the Savannah bananas that I sent into the so group chat earlier. The Savannah
2: bananas are my like, idol.
1: Like that's, that's extreme. Like, but like,
2: I think and, we need an in between. Yeah. You need an in between. So, so the Savannah bananas for everyone who doesn't know who's watching this or listening to this are a college level baseball team that do everything. Just fans first. They do. They had a rule last year, one of their exhibition games where if a, a foul ball was popping through the air and, a fan caught it, the batter was out. And that just makes it exciting. It could potentially be dangerous, but it makes it exciting. And I'm not saying that don't. I'm not saying Major League Baseball should do that. But what I'm saying, it was just an example. Like, you're right, Scott. I do see much differently. Independent baseball, we're bunting a lot. You know, we bunt guys from second to third more times than not. We steal a lot of bases. We don't hit that many home runs. And that's just the way independent baseball is. That's the way that Bobby Jones, our manager, manages the game but um i just i think that baseball needs to change just a little and if if, if you're allowed if you do hit a home run you should be allowed to s- smile you should be allowed to and i know we got a little off track here so i, I apologize but you should be allowed to show some emotion because that's what we want to see I, I don't need to see a guy just going around the bases with a frown on his face
1: yeah, and I don't – to get it back to kind of where we were going, like with that AL East, I don't want to knock DJ Le- Lemayhu as like a bad player. Like he's a phenomenal baseball player, but he's he's so boring. Like he kind of buys into that like I'm just like going to hit the ball and I'm just going to go around the bases. Like that guy shows no emotion.
2: Right, and but his game is, is not boring. I, yeah. I guess. I, I mean he, he hit 330. I mean – to me, that's what the Yankees need. They need one or two more of those guys.
0: I mean, Brantley was out there. I don't think they had the cash to get Brantley. They would have had to shed salary somehow. Um, also, where would
2: to... Brantley play?
0: Exactly. So they would probably have to trade Clint Frazier to make room for Brantley. I don't think was one Yankees of the more fun guys that. on the Yankees. Yeah, because Fra- Frazier's is cheap and he's good. Because obviously. You know, Major League
2: Baseball and MLB Network think he's good. So, um, to get back to what I was saying about the Blue Jays, we just took a, a wild, windy <laughs> yeah. road. So, again, I apologize. But to get back to what I was saying about the Blue Jays, is there a fun team to watch? And they're playing, they're playing, they're playing with house money. Bingo. They're not,
0: they're not supposed to.
2: They're not they supposed to be good, Yankees, right? Yeah. Right, right. But nobody Yan-
0: is supposed. The Yankees do this. This is the way the Yankees have to be every year because nobody's supposed to beat them, and they're supposed to win every year. So you have that pressure on yourself. So, you know, not to defend the Yankees being "quote unquote" boring, but that's just the that's just the way that it is for them. They always have the pressure on them. But
2: it's not it's, working.
0: It's not. It's not fun to always have to have the target on your back because you can't have fun when you're always the villain. That one year when in two thousand seventeen. I think Cash can agree. That was probably the most fun Yankee team we ever saw. 16. Right? 17.
2: 16. 17. The thumbs down year. That was 17. Okay. 17.
0: 17. The <laughs> thumbs down year with Frazier. Clint, not Clint Frazier. Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier. And, you know, that whole team with the D-D. thumbs down. D- uh, that was D-D. a lot D-D. of Judge fun. R- and Judge was a rookie. I they,
2: would do anything to go back to that team.
0: They forced the Astros to seven. Obviously, we know what the Astros did that year, but that was the most fun Yankee team. What? They Boom. cheated. The second they
2: cheat? Yes, they cheated. They cheated.
0: Boom. Yeah. A couple months later they get Stanton and then all of a sudden, you know, fun underdog Yankees are gone. So it's I'm not gonna defend the Yankees for being quote unquote boring, as you say, but you know, that's just kind of the that's kind of the atmosphere and kind of the culture that they are just forced to have because they are the Yankees. And to get this away from
2: the Yankees and more towards baseball in general, at what point does it not at what point do you say we have to change the culture?
0: I mean, they're still making the playoffs every single
2: year. But what's, is the goal to make the playoffs or the goal to no, win the World you the, Series? No, you
0: have to make the playoffs first before you make it
2: to the World Series, obviously. But, but, but it's hard to make it to the World Series. I'm not saying it isn't. But if your goal is to win the World Series every year and you haven't done it in 11 years, something you're doing isn't wrong.
0: But do you think that the Yankees aren't making the World Series because they're not jumping up and down and waving pom no, poms after no, home no, runs? No, no. no, I think they're not making the playoffs because... They just, they're not making the World Series because their bats just come up short in the playoffs.
2: Again, they get the, they go after the same free agents every year, the guys who could hit 40 home runs. And again, those same guys strike out 150 times in the playoffs. So something that they're doing isn't working. My opinion. Thank you let's, for coming to my TED Talk. Appreciate it. Um,
0: let's let's move on off the Yankees for a second. Um, the two remaining big free agents left are you know Scott's interested in Rio Mirto and then and then Trevor Bauer. The Blue Jays after the Brantley deal either falls through or it was just you know grossly exaggerated how close it actually was. They probably still have money from not getting um, Brantley to maybe go after a Bauer. And then obviously with Ramuto, Scott, it really looks like the Phillies are the only team in on him. So where do we think that these guys are going to eventually end up?
1: It it should be JT and Philly at this point, the teams that were in on him, they've spent their money or moved a different direction at the Mets, getting McCann the blue Jays going Springer, um, the Yankees, decided to get DJ and keep on to Gary. So it's it's JT is going to be a Philly is my sense. It sounded like the offer was at 110 million which would put him at the second highest paid catcher behind Buster Posey. Um which is fair. Posey earned that contract and I think Realmuto's better than uh Grandall who got signed last year. So I think that's a good spot for him.
2: Can I ask if if he was interested in going back to the Phillies when to be done already?
1: Well, originally he wanted to get paid higher than Posey, so that's where. The, so they've been working their way like down and to the middle. I think he the, made
0: that argument about DJ, and DJ eventually resigned with the Yankees.
1: Yeah, and he he wanted to play the market, and I think that's absolutely fair. Um, but I, I think his options are limited at this point, and the Phillies need him, so I, I think he's going to be here. I
0: think once McCann went to the Mets, I think it was over. I think the Phillies are going to get him.
1: Yeah, I I was still a little worried about the Blue Jays, but, like, I mean, I was surprised Springer even went there. Like, it's not a destination. The Mets get McCann on
2: a one-year. No, No, four four, years, $40 40 million. million
1: And they they, they did that relatively quickly. Like, the Mets decided pretty quickly that JT wasn't going to be the guy, so... I think his agents were playing hard, and I think that's fair because he's earned that. He's the best catcher in baseball. He throws out such a large portion of base runners. He's a great pitch framer um, and just a, a great hitter, and he's a good teammate, and everyone loves him. So
2: so then why wouldn't the Phillies want him back?
1: They didn't want to give him the record contract. And because
2: I'm owner, asking. I really don't know. Th-
1: their, their owner – john middleton claims that they didn't they lost so much money and i think but i also think the change of management and getting in dave dombrowski helps because dombrowski's a winner he wants to win he's won everywhere he's went um so i think that helped and that brought the conversation back it, it should have been done it, it 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 should have never gotten to this point. He should have been signed before last season. Um, I don't know why they didn't get it done last year. Um, they've they've mismanaged the whole situation, but I I, I truly do believe he's going to be here. The fans would revolt if he's not.
0: Yeah, because you you got Harper, and then he made the famous quote, "We're going to spend stupid money," and then they didn't.
1: After oh, Harper. wait.
0: Oh,
2: oh, that quote was said after they bought they, no, they Harper. Get, no, they was, got Harper.
0: Just, no, they said it before, then yeah. they got Harper. But when you have Harper, you might as that well is, go for it
2: more. That is stupid money, though. I mean, Har- is, signing it, Harper it, was stupid money.
0: It is stupid money, but it, it's one guy. You can't, the same thing with the Angels, which I'll get into in a second when we talk about Bauer. Angels and Phillies, you, you throw all the money at your star outfielder, which is fine, and he deserves that. And, you know, you'd be, you know, accosted if you didn't but you still have to build a ra- roster around him i mean it's the same thing that we talk about in the nfl with quarterbacks you can have the great quarterback you still need the roster around them for it to work and the phillies right now don't have room they right now don't really have a shortstop because Didi's still floating out there uh,
1: i think Didi's coming back too i think they're gonna get that done as well so it, it, it's weird
0: and when you add into the equation that the braves were a game away from the world series and they've won the division the last two years. The Nationals won the World, Ser- World Series two years ago. They got John Lester. They got Kyle Schwarber. They're going to be better than the disappointing season they had last year. The Mets obviously got Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco and James McCann. They might they might still not be done. And then obviously the Marlins made the playoffs. We'll see how that goes over the course of 162. But the Phillies need to do
1: something to keep pace with a very, very tough division. And, and the Phillies realistically should be they're the biggest mark. I, I mean, behind the Mets, the Mets, but the Mets play small um, historically. They're, they're in a big market. They, they should be the team that's at the top of the threat all the time. Um, it's, it's just a good division top to bottom. Cause the Marlins surprised us all last year. Who knows what they're going to be this year, but they, they have to continue to spend and add because you're just going to then waste Bryce Harper's career here that like, if you're gonna He's get in there guy.
0: two years already, they didn't make the playoffs once. Yeah,
1: if you're gonna get a guy like that, you have to continue to build around him. They went especially out
0: in to- an expanded playoff field to yeah.
1: not make the playoffs
0: when the Marlins did. Yes. That it, is very bad look. And it's even worse if the Phillies ownership don't do anything.
1: Yeah, I, I, I said before, I think Dabrowski getting in here uh changes the, the tone because uh, he, he's an aggressive guy and it, it, he's been having conversations with Real Muto's camp. I hope he's been talking to DD's Dee camp because uh, DJ going back to the Yankees shuts that, you know, window there. Um, so I don't really know what else the market is because, because none of the shortstops are signed. Semyon's still available. Angleton Simmons still available and Didi's Dee still available. Like those are the three shortstops that are out there and, their market really has not been moving at all. I know all of them are a little bit older, but didis you guys know didis a phenomenal player. Uh, I loved him here last year, and I, I know the players loved him as well. Um, so missing him – losing out on him would be huge as well. Um, just I, – I think they're coming soon. I, they got to get something done. Spring training starts in – Four what, weeks. Four weeks. So, yeah, it, it's time to get things going here.
0: Let's uh, let's shift gears and talk about Trevor Bauer, because it came out today that, you know, the Dodgers are keeping taps, maybe a shorter deal for a larger annual value. Um, you know, the Blue Jays still might be in the Los Angeles Angels. They were in on Cole. They were in on Strasburg, lost on both. They should step up to the plate and get this done. Because we talked about, you know, just with the Phillies getting Harper and then not building around them. Looks like they will bring back Ramuto and bringing back Didi. And then we'll see what else they make as the season goes on to July. The Angels have wasted the first decade of someone who might go down as the best player of all time. And the Angels, like the Yankees, they seem to ignore this starting pitching problem that they have. You can't really trust Otani to be an ace one because he's not healthy. And two is because he's a position player half the time. So you have, you know, an ace available in a market that isn't hot for him right now because of the pandemic and a lot of teams losing money and the threshold and the tax, this is a perfect opportunity for them to step up into the, to the plate with a division where the athletics are scrappy, but they lost Hendricks and they're probably going to lose Semyon, So they're going to take a step back. The Astros who have been taking a step back now losing Springer and Cole in back-to-back years.
2: The Astros also cheated.
0: Why, why, what are they waiting for? Are they strapped for money? Do they, do they not think Bauer is, you know, as, you know, prestigious as the 60 game sample size says he was like, what are they, what are they waiting for? Because they have Mike Trout and they really don't have much else.
1: Yeah, it's time for them to push in the chips. The division is there for the taking. You mentioned it. The A's are going to take a step back. The Astros are getting a lot worse. They're getting older. Um, The Rangers aren't there yet. They've lost their top three starting pitchers from from last year. Um, It's there for the taking. The Mariners are still young. The Mariners are young, and and they're improving, but the division is there for the taking. You have the best player in the league. Um, You had... You know Dylan Bundy bounced back With them last year but he's not an ace At this point you, you have the opportunity To go get an ace and bring him home uh, Where he's I mean I know he said it in his YouTube video That geography isn't a huge Factor but I'm sure He would wouldn't mind going back Home and being in Southern California again They really I, I do think They should be thinking about backing up the truck And doing what it takes to get them
2: So here's the argument sorry go ahead Scott No,
1: as much as I don't like him as a person he's a really good pitcher he's a phenomenal baseball player so that was what you think
0: the angels are like this guy might be too much trouble than it's worth do you think that his vlogs and his personality might clash with Mike Trout who's much more quiet cash what do you think that the delay is with a angels and and Bauer kind of so I just
2: looked it up and uh the Los Angeles angels pre-2020 because there are no fans in the stands. Average thirty-seven thousand three hundred twenty-one fans a game, with a horrible team. So and I would assume that thirty-seven thousand three hundred twenty of them are there to see Mike Trout, right? That's not bad attendance. No, really, that's pretty not big. at What's all. What's the capacity of their stadium? Uh, I don't. It's not much more than that. Um, I can look it up. Finish your point. So my my point being is. And I'm not gonna sit here and accuse ownership of anything because I I don't know the Angels' owners. I don't know anything about them. All I know, five thousand. So that's pretty good attendance for a really bad team. All I know is that they're still bringing in a lot of money without having to spend a lot of money. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's possible they just don't care. And I I mean they brought
0: in big money on Rendon, so that tells me they care about offense. But you know you need pitching to win.
2: Well, what, what sells tickets in this league? Bye, Winning. Home runs. And Rendon's going to give you that. Trout's going to give you that. You know, they brought in Hamilton. He would, at the time, was going to give you that. Pujols, at the time, was going to give you that. I mean, all these big names they bring in are are to bring in fans. I don't know if they're necessarily to win games. Again, I'm not accusing him of anything. It's just food for thought. I don't know.
0: I, th- I think that, you know
2: ideally yeah everyone would like to win games right i mean that would be fun to watch your team win but if they don't have to spend a lot of money and i mean i feel like that's what the wilpons are doing with the mets i can accuse them of that because i know that's what they were doing with the mets they didn't care if they won or lost they brought in a lot of money because the fans showed up to the games regardless you know they had the Mike, uh, the the david wright at the time and and he sold merchandise and and the Mets are the Mets, and they bring in that one big-name guy who's passed their prime before Steve Kellen, who's passed their prime to bring in some fans, some new merchandise, and then they fall apart midway through the season. It's like clockwork. So for them, they were still making money.
0: Do you think if – let's just say Cash is right, and the Angels are more interested in having you know these high offensive teams with Trout and Rendon, and they really don't – the pitching – they just don't want to spend on budget Pitching. Do you think at that point that Manfred should step in and say, hey, you need to do a better job of trying to win? Because you have a team down the street from Los Angeles in San Diego that is half the market size of Los Angeles, probably even less than that.
2: If I am Rob Manfred, I am doing everything in my power to get Trevor Bauer to sign with the Los Angeles Angels because – the attention he brings himself. I mean, he
0: obviously, hypothetically, he obviously doesn't have the power to like force anybody's hand.
2: Of course, but I'm saying the attention that Trevor Bauer brings himself with his YouTube and him mm-hmm. self uh, marketing to bring that to Mike Trout and Albert Pujols at the end of his career and Rendon is enormous and for so the sport of baseball. Most importantly, make the
0: Angels a contender.
2: Right, I. The Angels need to make a move on Trevor Bauer. Scott,
0: if if tonight, if like during the show, it drops or the Angels signs Trevor Bauer, are they the favorite in the ALS immediately?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I would give them that nod for the, the reasons that I mentioned before. The other teams aren't getting better, and I think that would immediately make the Angels that much better is having a, a frontline starter like that because the, they're, the Angels aren't that far off. Like when you have the best player – in the world. And then a guy in, in Rendon, you're not far away and you just, and the playoffs have been expanded. Like that, you just need to make a wild card spot and then anything could happen. Um So yeah, I would say so go, go do it. Oh, their owner is Artie Moreno. So I'm calling him out Artie. I know you're listening. Yep. Uh Big fan of the show. Sign Trevor Bauer, get it done. Like just, just back up the truck.
0: And, you know, we don't want to sound redundant on the show, but it goes without saying that we, we've been yelling about the Angels for since we started this podcast from the radio show. Even back in the radio show, we're probably yelling about the Angels not doing anything. It's time to do something. And a team that is doing a lot that I just mentioned, also in California, is the San Diego Padres. They acquire Joe Musgrove to add to Hugh Darvish, to add to Blake Snell, to add to Lamette, to add to eventually... Um, Clevenger in 2022. I really hope that, you know, uh, for obvious reasons, I hope that by the time October rolls around, we're going to have full stadiums, but I really hope to see a full Petco park because I don't think I've ever experienced that watching as a fan because they haven't been to the playoffs before last year, since 2006. And that is probably now without question, the most exciting team in all of baseball. Now with Musgrove, I we asked this last week when they got Blake Snell, but now with Musgrove and the depth that they have, and obviously the offense that they have, we, I'm sure the Dodgers will do something more, but as we stand right now, are we ready to say that the Padres are on par with the Dodgers and that they could win this division?
2: The Dodgers are the Dodgers until they're not the Dodgers. And I'll say the same thing about any team, you know, I they are, the NL West champs until they're not. And they're the world series champs until they're not. So, so I, I, I can't take that away from the Dodgers, especially because their lineup is so good. I mean, like you can still get Bauer too, it's not like that. They got any worse after last year. I mean, they're, they're so,
0: they're still trying to bring back Justin Turner. They might move to semi. And if that doesn't happen, but they're they're so
2: good. I mean, there's so there's really nothing else you could say. I mean, with Bellinger and, and, Mookie alone, they're good. And then you add, you know, you got a Kershaw. And, I mean, the whole starting rotation, I I mean, and Grendal, right? I mean. Uh, (laughs) Grendal's in Chicago. He's on the White Sox. Grendal's on the White Sox, and I know that. And I was testing (laughs) you guys. I don't know why I thought he was on the Dodgers. He used to be. Wow. Anyway, but regardless, they're a phenomenal, phenomenal team. And. But the Padres Um, scare them, definitely. Oh, I'm not saying they don't. And I'm not saying that the Padres aren't going to make a run for it. I'm just saying that until the Dodgers prove to us that they can't win the division, they they rightfully own that crown. It makes
1: the the Dodgers not be able to like kind of sleepwalk through the regular season. It does put pressure on them to to actually –
2: Which is great for the sport.
1: Yeah. Are the
0: Padres more of a threat to the Dodgers than the Blue Jays are to the Yankees at this point?
2: Yes. No. I, I, what if the Yankees proven the Yankees didn't even win the division last year? Yeah, I guess. I mean, the, the Dodgers won a the division. They won the world series. Granted, it was a short season. I get it. Uh, but they won the world series. They, how long is most last time I didn't win that division? 2012, maybe. Okay. That's a long time. And, I'm so I I it's don't not, you say yes. A, Why do you say yes? Threat, to the Padres but not,
0: being more of a threat than the Blue Jays are to the Yankees.
2: I just think
1: the Blue Jays are still too young. I don't think they have enough established offensively and pitching wise. I think the, the Padres have more established guys in Darvish and Snell. Um Joe musk I, I liked I really liked the pickup of Joe Musgrove. Um I think he's he's under the radar as, as a good pitcher um Tatis obviously had a phenomenal year Machado had a phenomenal year Hosmer is still there uh Trent Christian is had a great year they they are going to miss um Kirby Yates in the back end but they still have Trevor Rosenthal who they picked up last year who's I think he's a free agent too is he a free agent Mm -hmm. okay I I mean Brad Hand's still out there they'll probably get some someone they they they're missing that in the back end but Uh, Kirby Yates was injured for most of last year. So he wasn't really even there. Um, I I just think the Padres have more established major league talent or just a little bit more of a threat that versus the Padres to the Yankees or to the Blue Jays to the Yankees. What about the race?
0: I think they'll be good. I I don't, I don't know if they can, they're going to, we talked about this and you made, you made this good point cash. They were dead by October in a shortened season. What are they going to be like in August if we play a full 162?
2: Oh, I don't disagree. I just wanted your opinion.
0: Well, I I agree with you. Can you Uh, believe it?
2: That is rare. That never happens.
0: (laughs) It never happens. But sound
2: the sirens.
0: I I don't want to. The Rays are such a good organization, though. That in terms of development,
2: I have a question for you getting there seriously go ahead. A serious question yeah would they if they were such a good organization would they still be in st petersburg and drawing 30 people again i don't think that's their call
0: i why? think that's the city they're not stuck, allowing they're them stuck to have in a face. lease yeah they're stuck in a lease why now, would you if, go
2: to st petersburg to begin with as the tampa bay rate it's 45 minutes out of the city
0: because i think the stadium was already built and they just went in
2: Listen, if they were such a good organization, they wouldn't be spending half their games in Canada. I agree. I don't
0: think they should be there. And remember that like weird kind of scenario they threw across, we'll play half the season in Tampa and half in Montreal? Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's something that's feasible. I don't think the logistics I, work.
2: I, I think – I don't know. Listen. But I, I think know. that I, they've,
0: I, over the course of the years, the last couple of decades, they've had proposals for new stadiums, but the government – the Tampa government shoots it down.
2: I can't imagine. It must be so bizarre. Like – Tampa I mean, Bay's, I've been there. It's
0: uh, terrible. It's
2: I have not been to St. Petersburg. I've been to Tampa Bay, which is such a lively city. You know, you have the Bucs on the rise. You have the Tampa Bay Lightning, who just won the Stanley Cup. You know, that city with a baseball team would be crazy. I would actually be kind of jealous. You have
0: to drive 45 minutes from Tampa Bay to get there.
2: That's without traffic.
0: Yeah, without traffic.
2: And there's always traffic in Tampa Bay. Mm. The Yankees spring training team has more of, and I'm not joking, they have more of a fan base. In Tampa Bay, than the Tampa Bay Rays do.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of Tampa's population would be New York Northeast transplants who are retired down there. Understood. That's but but you would get the younger crowd. I'm aiding your point that the
2: Rays would um, get the younger crowd. Yeah, Uh, whatever. I mean, that's just my two cents. I agree hundred percent. I just need to. I need to own an MLB team. So if anyone listening has invest in you, yeah, or a minor league team. I'll own an independent baseball team. If anyone listening has a few million dollars they want to give me, uh you will not be disappointed because we would crush it. Let's
0: quickly move unless unless you have a point on the race, Scott?
1: No, I think they're going to be worse than they were last year. Going to be year. worse?
0: Significantly yeah. worse or just kind of not as good as they were last year? Cuz they went 40 and 20 last year, number 1 seed in the AL.
1: I, I think I think losing Snell is going to be is Do going you to you be you think they're a playoff them? team? No, I think they'll miss the playoffs. Okay.
0: Well, I, I I can see that. I wonder if it, if they, if they, if they keep the expanded 18 playoff 18 per league playoff, I wonder if they sneak in because I don't know how good the rest of the league is, but we'll see Um, a division. That's just completely like all collectively probably got together and said, let's just not even give it an effort is the NL central (laughs) Cubs selling off pieces. St. Louis doesn't do anything. Cincinnati's looking to trade. Everybody Milwaukee and Pittsburgh's never good. Something has to be like. Is is there any other sport? Is in the NFL, NBA, where a division you, just completely just doesn't care? East. Uh, NFC yeah, East, but NFC
2: East. You you say the Cardinals don't do anything ever, but they're always competitive. <laughs> they're they're just another organization that develops. They're like well. the Rays. They're boring.
0: They don't they, spend on offense. They, Every yeah, year they're they just, their they just don't make a splash. Down. They know, they're not right. even bringing back their you know iconic players in Wainwright and Yadier Molina. They haven't resigned them yet.
1: Yeah, I feel like Yachty will end up back there. Um he should. He deserves to finish out his career there. But yeah, the the central as a whole is just is a dumpster fire right now. The the Cubs have lost so much and they're probably at some point gonna be talking more trades. As you mentioned, the Pirates they wanna
0: trade Bryant.
1: Yeah, right. They, they wanna, wanna trade trad- Hendricks. They should. They should try and recoup as much as possible because they they didn't get anything for Darvish. They didn't you know get enough them? for Darvish.
2: You know what killed them was trading away so many assets the year they won the World Series. It killed their future. I don't think they would take back any of those trades because it did win them a World Series. But let's not forget the Yankees got Glaber Torres. From yeah. The Cubs.
1: So so they've traded. The Cubs have traded away Glaber Torres, Eloy Jimenez. Who uh and Jorge Soler the three that are popping off the top of my head, yeah, those, those three guys are all really, really like all star caliber players. That they
0: got they got Chapman and then they gave and then Chapman went back to the Yankees. And then I think the Aloy Jimenez trade was, was Kitana. Quintana. Was yeah. that the World Series year or was that the year after that?
1: Was the that was the next year?
0: But it was the next year, so they didn't even win out of that. No. Yeah, and then the Solaire trade was the year
1: after the World Series. That was Wayne did Davis, they, right? did that was Wayne they Davis. Did And they, they s- didn't trade. They didn't
0: went for that either. Yeah.
2: Did they sign Lester or did they trade for him originally? They, they signed him they as a free agent
1: to like a
0: seven year deal back in two thousand thirteen. But you know, it's they sh- probably should have won
2: more than they did. Oh,
1: they absolutely should have. Oh, it, I
2: think it, that the players on their team fell off dramatically. I, what happened to Chris Bryant?
1: Stopped developing. I mean Bias, stopped developing.
0: Hobby hit think like, I think it, they all seems like it's so tart because they are like young guys and they're human beings. You win the World Series for the Cubs, first time in 108 years. People who don't even like baseball are aware of that curse over 100 years, and they win. All of a sudden, they become celebrities. I'm not going to say that they they stop caring and they cared more about you know their persona, but that's a hard thing. To like if there's any championship hangover in any sport, that team I could say. They were not
2: bad the year after, though. They made it, it to was, the NLCS. It was a
0: couple years after where they yeah, were. Just they made it like... to the NLCS next year. They lost to the Dodgers, which is nothing to, you know, be ashamed of because the Dodgers, as we've seen, are a powerhouse. They lost the one-game playoff to the Rockies the year after that in 2018. 2019, they missed the playoffs altogether. 2020, they won a bad division, got swept by the Marlins in the wildcard series. Yeah. So it seems like they'd be, I don't want to accuse them of anything, but they seemed after the world series, maybe even after that next year, when they won, when they lost in the NLCS, they seemed complacent with the one.
1: Yeah, they, they definitely got complacent and just didn't develop. Schwarber got worse. I, I mean, Addison Russell, like that whole situation yeah, that killed them too with the domestic violence like that, that was bad. Like he, he's gone. He's in like Korea now. And they all got um, old.
0: Lester got old, yeah. and Arietta Arietta got old. He went to the Philadelphia Phillies.
1: Yeah, they they just didn't have a backup plan for anything. Like it was, they went all in, and from there, it that's just... why
0: teams like the Dodgers are so good is because they go all in and they have the depth in their minor league system through their player development and scouting that they can easily replace the prospects that they give up for these pig pieces. The Dodgers gave up. Um, and the Dodgers gave up some prospects for Manny Machado. They didn't win the World Series that year. Do we? Do we even? Does it even bother them? Because they quickly developed guys that are going to replace those prospects.
1: Yeah, that's that's the key is just having
0: that. Also, they win trades. They won the Machado trade, even though it was only half year. They stole Mookie Betts. I mean, they're also a smart organization that that fleeces teams that aren't as
2: good. The Dodgers, yeah. are, I think, are the best organization in baseball, and that's by, by hard far. for me to say far. because I'm a Yankee fan, but they are the best organization in baseball.
1: Yeah, they, they do a great job top to bottom, development and just and they're not afraid to spend. it. They're not afraid to make the move that they need to make to to win and they they've routinely done that.
0: Um saying in that division the Reds. Reds won the division. They won the division last. Did they won the division, right? It was the Cardinals. No, the the Cubs won the division. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Cubs won the division. Cubs won the division. The Reds made the playoffs. Reds made the playoffs at 31. I have the standings right in front of me. I don't know why I said the Reds <laughs> won the division. Um, Reds made the playoffs two games over 500. They have they had Bauer. It's unrealistic for them to re-sign him, but they still had a good rotation led by Sonny Gray, who had a resurgence since he left the Yankees, and then Luis Castillo, and then they you know they invested in Moustakis. They brought in Castellanos. They have Joey Votto, who's been there for forever. Um, I don't know why the Padres did this like five six years ago. They invest and go for it. And then it doesn't work out just for one year for whatever reason. And you can't say it didn't work out. They did make the playoffs. And then they're like, oh, you know what? Let's reset. I don't understand that. And then there's rumors that they're going to trade Luis Castillo. Um, they, you know, there was a very hot speculation about the Yankees getting him over the weekend. Why would the Rays? Why would the not Rays? Why would the Reds want to make all these moves with a division of for grabs?
1: Yeah, I don't know. They they definitely are, are panicking a little bit. And obviously COVID and the shortened season and no fans plays
2: a factor in that. But well, I think COVID and the shortened season and no fans helped the raids. And I think that's why they went for it last year, because they said this might be our shot. This is our chance to win it. But, but they did tr- they traded games. for
0: Bauer and traded for Gray and got Mustakas and got Castellanos before yeah, it wasn't yeah. Before COVID was a thing.
1: They they were going for it last year, no matter what. But to, to now hit the panic button and, and try and eject like Cassiano like just because
0: Bauer is not coming back, which is probably what they knew when they traded him. Yeah. Like, why, like, to hit the panic button over something that you knew was going to happen, that seems a little kind of crazy and ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah. And, and you can, I mean, you're obviously not going to easily replace the Cy Young Award winner, but like Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. Are, are top of the line starting pitchers. And I mean, I'm, I I don't understand. I think they should hold still and, and go for it this year because they have that opportunity uh, to keep building. Like they, they have a good lineup. Like I know Vado's out, go like out the door at this point, but they're um, starting to go out the door at this point with the age, but he's still like a, a foundational piece. I, I don't get it. I, I think the Reds should should hold still, try and win that division, and, and make a push because they have they have the pieces to do it.
0: I mean, they have Freddie Galvis. Sure, he's someone that people really love. Um, it, it, you know, division that eighty five wins can do it. I don't see why they're you know really getting excited over trading a Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo. The Castillo rumor that spe- that percolated over the weekend. It turned out the Reds asked the Yankees for the Torres. Now, putting my bias aside, because he's my favorite player, everybody knows that. Really? Is there something is there something I'm missing? Is there something I'm missing with like people thinking that Torres is still a prospect? Or, or or do we, as maybe me and Cash as Yankee fans, overhype our own prospects? Are Andujar, Frazier, Garcia Schmidt not good enough as a package where people want to dip into the major league team for the Yankees to get a trade, because it's not about Castillo. I feel like anybody that the Yankees inquire about, I feel like there's this quote-unquote Yankees tax that teams ask for more from the Yankees than they would from another organization.
1: Yeah, it's, I've, I, obviously, as soon as they asked for Glaber, probably shut down those talks immediately. Cashman probably hung up the phone on them. Um, I don't think the Yankees' farm system is... Great right now. I think they, they got a couple of guys, but I don't Their think... The best
0: prospect is Dominguez, who's like three or four years away still.
1: Yeah, he's only what 17, 18 yeah, 17. years old right now. Yeah. Like they're they're obviously not gonna trade him, but I like I just don't know how deep it is right now. And I think they do kind of the Yankees kind of have that glut of like major league talent guys where not everyone has a spot. Um they so they like those guys are the ones that people think that they can go after. Um, he's yeah.
0: only have three players in the MLB top 100 prospects. They have Dominguez, who's at 48, Clark Schmidt at 83, Debbie Garcia is at 87. Um, and
1: and Debbie Garcia and and Clark Schmidt are essentially, I mean, Schmidt didn't make an appearance at all last year, but like they're, essentially, they're essentially big league pitchers at this point, so they're really not prospects, they're not gonna be prospects much longer,
0: yeah. And then at that point, you only have one top 100, and he'll be. I don't think he's played a game in the organization either. then you got go down the list you got Oswald Peraza, Luis Jill, Austin Wells who they just drafted Esteban Florio who I've been hearing about for years, Vizcaino Gomez Volpe It's definitely not the um it's not it's definitely not the farm system that it was three or four years ago when everybody who's up now was down there. So you know, you know, you have every right to ask for Glaber Torres, but I agree that the Yankees, and I'll let Cash come into this conversation, Yan- Yankees hang up the phone immediately when Glaber's
2: name is brought up. I mean, I guess you can give the Reds a little props for saying, hey, I'm going to just test my luck here, you know. Uh, no. I, I mean, to me, it just means that the Reds are not actually interested in trading Castillo, and they said, hey, if we can get Gleyber Torres for Castillo – See ya. I mean, yeah, but I, uh, you know, to me that just means that they're not actually interested in trading Castillo, mm-hmm. and that they want him part of their future plans, whatever those plans may be. I I don't know. I mean, to me, their best players, a hundred years old, and Joey Votto. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Good for them. I don't know. I mean, All- fall- he, fall- we knew. Right, we knew it was gonna happen. I mean, Glaber's I saw a lot of anywhere. people
0: on Yankees Twitter, which is just like a cesspool of just nonsense. Sometimes that they're like, "Yeah, I'll give up Glaber for Luis <laughs> Castillo." I'm like, I'm tired. He played 42 games at 23 years old. Was bad at shortstop. Fine. Cashman said that he didn't come in shape. You
2: know, you know. I got a problem with that. I really do. He came off an unbelievable rookie year, and then he comes in fat. But that he doesn't is not mean you
0: trade him and give up I, on him.
2: He think, did not look. I'm not saying you should trade him, but he did. But that's not my look point. Good.
0: That's my point. You don't Part give of, up on a 24 year old superstar shortstop. He came no, but in, but I think you know, he's a on a real this year, but that's my
2: opinion. He's got to be on a tight leash. I mean, that's horrible. Do you not want to get better? Right. I mean, what's your goal? Is your goal I to have a I don't good think rookie that season? He, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't label him as a lazy player. I just think I, like, he was lazy. He came in out of shape. To me, that means you're lazy. And that is a huge issue in your second year in the league. I'm not saying I don't like Glaber. I'm not saying that the A's should give up on Glaber, But my opinion is that he better come in and not necessarily he needs to look good. I mean, he, he needs to. I'm sure he'll look he, fine.
0: I'm sure he got the message. But sometimes you need to do that for young players.
2: You should need to do that. Yeah, he, he, he's getting paid a lot of money to play a game. And if you don't come in shape, that means you don't take it seriously. He's got the whole off season plus an extra couple months out of quarantine to come in and see. Be that's ready. where
0: I think the problem happened. I think he came in shape, and then Cashman said for the quote unquote he summer camp, he did not camp, come this spring. Not. No, Cashman's like this is Cashman's quote. Cashman said he came into sh- the original camp fine, and then
1: came back after shutdown, not in shape. Yeah, I think okay. most most guys didn't know when they were coming back, so they it's not acceptable they should have been working out at their homes like getting prepared and
2: being Luke void lost 40 pounds of fat yeah during quarantine okay yep. and was, he was ready but and and he's making pennies right he's not on he's on a very team-friendly contract The yankees traded chasing for him he came in 45 pounds lighter or 40 pounds lighter I and your star shortstop comes in out of shape Could you imagine what would happen if Derek Jeter came in out of shape one year? New York city would burn to the ground. But my point
0: is not to, you know, harp on Glaber not coming into shape, which, you know, Cashman, your general manager did admit that that happened. But my point is that a lot of Yankee fans want to trade him over a bad 42 games. And that's what, that's my point that that's ridiculous that this kid, the, the kid is ultra talented. If he became, an average shortstop, right? He's a he, he's a guy that's going to be a forever Yankee and be in Monument Park. That's how good he is offensively. If he can just be okay defensively at short, then the Yankees have, you know, a superstar shortstop, you know, for the next, you know, 10 years, 10, 12, 13 years. So, I would not if anyone asked about Clayton Torres, I'd immediately hang up the phone. And I think he's going to have a big year and this year I, because I he hit 38 home runs in 2019.
2: I'm sure that's what Brian Cashman did is hang up the phone, but I still think that he needs to be better
0: let's wrap up this episode of Baseball four not the best thing to wrap up a show with kind of a unfortunate situation very unfortunate situation that's the mets we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the mets firing porter as the general manager um i'm sure everybody who's listening knows what the mets man- general manager did sending explicit uh pictures to a female reporter i think it was a very we get on the mets a lot Um, I think this is, you know, hard for, I think this is hard to blame the Mets organization on because they did, they asked people for Jared Porter and everyone around the league said that he's a great guy. And then it's, it's unfortunate that this came out, but I will give the Mets credit on this. They, this news came out 1130 at night. And then by what, 730 in the morning, he was out. So the Mets acted shiftly. They got Every all the information they needed over the course of the night, and they made that swift decision in the morning with Steve Cohen tweeting out that we terminated him. I will give and that this is probably all I'll say on it. The, the all I'll say on it the Mets did the right thing by swiftly and quickly getting rid of this guy and not you know dragging it out over a course of a few days a week before making a decision.
2: Absolutely, they yeah, they did what they had to do, and uh, that's that.
1: Yeah, it, it as much fun as we have making fun of the Mets. They got put in a tough spot with this one because it wasn't really out there. It wasn't It was you know information that wasn't public. Um, it, it's unfortunate everything that happened. Uh, unfortunate for that that female reporter, uh, you know, she essentially had to give up her her career and her her dream job um, because of what he did. Um, but yeah, Mets did a good job of acting quickly and saying, we're not going to stand for this and moving on from him. Um, so, so I do, I do give them props and, uh, congrats to Carlos Beltran for being a longer Mets employee than Jerry Porter. That's One great. Month. I mean, got, I mean, the Mets got an extra month.
0: Month. that's a good trivia question. Who, what organization has a manager and a general manager that never actually f- oversaw an actual game? And that would be the Mets. But if we continue that, then we'd end up making fun of the Mets. And we, we just said that we weren't going to do that. So Porter's lone contribution to the Mets and probably his whole career in baseball will be the Francisco Lindor trade. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, Alderson was running the show anyway. So I think Porter was just kind of like a liaison between a player and what Alderson wanted. So they'll get another GM and
2: they'll be just fine. Steve Cohen, wow. if you're watching this, um, I am available uh, if you. Are you like. a
0: fan of his tweets? Oh, do we think he's too public? I think I think he's
2: fun. Eh, it's fine. I mean, it is what it is. Who cares? But ah, Steve Cohen, uh, I'm available. So you're uh, saying you're okay with being Sandy
1: Alderson's puppet to to begin? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <Are> you kidding? <laughs> as an entry would. level, as an entry job to Major League Baseball, entry count me in. GM. I mean, Not listen. Bad. Steve Cohen, listen, we could uh, we'll make a splash, man. You know, be the youngest general manager in Major League Baseball history. Um, I think that
0: what's the first thing you do if you're hired as if you're hired to the Mets GM tomorrow? What's the first
2: move you make? I'm taking the cover off my pool and gun skinny dipping. I don't know. No, no, no. I mean, what's now, the first
0: move you make as the general manager? You just told me like,
2: that Sandy Alderson was was on the show. No, but I you, think in all seriousness, if I was the GM of the Mets, the first thing I do is lock up Lindor before anything else happens in that organization. Because with missing needs-
0: out on. Missing out on Springer, they have money to extend Lindor, extend Conforto.
2: Steve Cohen is worth fourteen billion dollars. Yeah. Um, the first thing I do is lock up Lindor for another six years, mm-hmm. so um, and then get a closer because Edwin Diaz is not the closer. Oh,
0: that's a good point. That's a good point by you. The Mets they they seem better, but that bullpen still, still not what you want. Is Batanta still on the roster? Is he a free agent?
2: he's still in the roster one more year he has one more year okay Very so steve cohen like i said uh let's go win a world series together
0: that will just about do it but before we go do we have any final thoughts from our panel of baseball experts here
1: sign jt romita let's get it done know, that's, that's all that matters you know get oh done.
2: maybe i would do that as Mets gm sign and trade <laughs> sign and trade what are you giving us, what would you uh, McCann? McCann? i'll give you mccann
1: i'm not I'm not accepting that, but guys we are, about, <laughs>
0: we are less than a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting. I like that. So we have we're gonna have a lot to talk about over the next couple of weeks. We'll get into maybe predictions in a couple of weeks. We'll get into actually talking about spring training baseball games that happen. you know, obviously, under the assumption that you know, everything starts on time, it looks like it will. hopefully the um the pandemic subsides and people get vaccinated so we can have an uninterrupted. Major League Baseball season, but we are still a few weeks away from spring training, and it's 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 funny how quick the offseason goes, even though it wasn't necessarily up until this last week very eventful. Like, we blink, and then all of a sudden, we're getting close to the Super Bowl, which means we get close to pitchers and catchers reporting. So, very exciting that baseball seems to be on its way back. That will do it for this I, episode. I have one more closing Go thought. Go ahead, please.
2: And, I... I... I think it's safe to say that the Houston Astros ruined the city of Houston. Really? Sports-wise. Okay. Everyone's leaving. Everyone's leaving. Everyone wants out. Hole I mean, left. Harden left. You want – Springer left. You look at Houston and like – Watson's they had, going to leave. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue speaking. They, Houston had three, like, huge sports teams that were starting to really look up. And then the Astros cheat. Then Cole leaves, and then you know Watson Watts out. Harden leaves very dramatically. Daryl Morey left. What?
1: Daryl Morey left, came to the Sixers.
2: Right. There you go. <laughs> sure. I didn't even know who that was, but okay. You
1: don't know who Daryl is? He's the no. president, of operation, president of basketball operations. President of basketball operations.
2: And then, you know, you have... uh, D.J. Watt's going to probably join the Steelers. I mean, if we're going to be realistic, that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, Chris Paul leaves... The city of Houston is absolutely ruined thanks to the Houston Astros. You're
0: just holding on to Watson, but that just seems like a matter of time before that's gone.
2: Oh, he's done. He, he's done. He
0: wants out. He wants out. I wouldn't want to be there if I were him. That's ridiculous. I like but... your theory.
1: I like your theory.
2: Oh, Hopkins? You
0: know, yeah, Hopkins. So we, we can say right here on this podcast that Houston is dead because of the Astros. Is this karma for the entire sports city?
2: Good. Good. They deserve it.
0: I like that. I like that. Well, that will just about do it for this Steve episode. Cohen hit my Bass. line. Yep. Please hire him so he can leave this podcast and he can't interrupt my outros anymore.
2: Don't you think that if I was the <laughs> general manager of the New York Mets at this podcast would be phenomenal?
0: It would explode. Would you, let me ask you this. Would you fire Gary Cohen and give, and give me the play-by-play job?
2: No, <laughs> but I would definitely bring my friends in. If they wanted to, I'd get oh, to, give them a shot.
0: Oh, that, I appreciate sweet. that. I, you're
2: I appreciate not my friend, that. Glenn, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't, I have nothing more to say on this podcast. Scott, do you have anything? No, that's it, that's it. All right, good. I'm doing an outro and you guys aren't interrupting me anymore. That will do it for this episode of Base It Before. For Scott Roswald, Alec Cashman, my name is Glenn Zangers. We'll see you next week. Feel better, Ty. Uh, yep. And hopefully Ty feels better. He joins us next week.